Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Today, we're going to continue with part two of your working too hard to make the sale. Last week, I talked about what it takes to be an effective, amazing, top-rated salesperson. Today, I want to give you more tips and tools. Remember earlier, I said one of your best tools was your mouth and the ability to communicate? Your ability to ask the right questions in the right way is paramount. Questioning is such an important communication skill, which actually simplifies the sales process. Well-phrased questions help prospects reveal their thoughts and feelings, which gives you tremendous insight into their needs, motivations, business climate, and fears. The conversation stimulated by your questions will smooth the way for the building of a business relationship and will help you manage tension, build trust, uncover a prospect's needs and wants, and identify behavioral style. Asking questions is similar to painting a picture. If you were to set up a canvas to paint a breathtaking vista, what would you paint first? Using a large brush, you'd paint the background. Then you move to smaller brushes to paint small details, and as time went by, you would keep reducing the size of your brush to paint smaller and smaller details. Questioning begins the same way. You start with a broad brush, that is, an open-ended question. An open-ended question is one that requires a narrative for an answer. The question gets the prospect involved in the conversation immediately. A closed-ended question requires only a yes, no, or brief factual answer, such as a number. Open-ended questions have the following characteristics and uses. They cannot be answered with a simple yes or no. They begin with what, why, where, how, who, or when. They do not lead the person in a specific direction. They increase dialogue by drawing out the prospect. They help the prospect discover things for himself. They can be used to encourage the prospect to think about your product or service. They create a situation in which the prospect will reveal his or her behavioral style. Open-ended questions should be phrased thoughtfully. Do not just ask, how's business or how are you doing today? You want to ask questions that require thought and a sincere answer. Here are some examples. What are some of the ways you would like your office to be more efficient? Tell me about your current billing system. When you have finished painting the background that is gathering information with a broad, open question or two, it's time to be more specific. Ask more focused, open or closed questions at this point. Close-ended questions allow your prospect to answer quickly and to the point. They have many uses. They extract simple and specific facts. They are useful for giving feedback during a conversation. They are used to gain commitments and gather specific information. They can be used to direct the conversation in specific directions. An example of a close-ended question, would you prefer delivery on the weekend or during the week? Use clarifying questions to restate a prospect's remarks 
I'll refer directly to them. They are a form of feedback. So, you'll be here on Tuesday. They express in different words what the prospect just said. They invite the prospect to expand or clarify an idea previously expressed. They help clarify ambiguities and broad generalizations. They uncover what is on the prospect's mind. Directional questions steer the conversation in other directions to navigate your way through the prospect's situation to a destination that will reveal his needs and wants. The conversation should be handled in logical steps. This might be where statistics or a broader example could be used. They ask for specific information to determine the prospect's need for their product or service. Information gathering is a tool of a successful salesperson. If you ask questions that give you the big picture of the prospect's business, you start to act as a consultant rather than a pusher of products or services. This is the strategy of preeminence, a powerful yet simple strategy that almost single-handedly can transform your business or career. It makes people enthusiastic to do business with you instead of your competitors. It will give you an uncanny insight into what people want and why they act and react in various ways. It will turn clients into literally friends for life. And it will strengthen your passion and connection to everyone with whom you associate. The strategy of preeminence is quite simply the ability to put your prospects and or clients' needs always ahead of your own. When you master that, your success will naturally follow. Consider the definition of these two words. Customer, a person who purchases a commodity or service. Client, a person who is under the protection of another. If you use the word customers, that's fine, but always think of them as clients. And when you start to serve clients rather than sell clients, the limits on your business success will disappear. What exactly does under your protection mean? In this case, it means that you don't sell them a product or a service just so you can make the largest one-time profit possible. You must understand and appreciate exactly what they need when they do business with you, even if they are unable to articulate the exact result themselves. Once you know the final outcome they need, you lead them to that outcome. You become a trusted advisor who protects them, and they have reason to remain your client for a lifetime. Let me illustrate. When a father comes into your store to buy a six-year-old son his first bicycle, what is he looking for? What does he need? Does he just want a bicycle? No, he's looking for one of the most joyful sharing experiences of a lifetime, teaching his son how to ride a bike. Just like his father taught him to ride a bike when he was six, he's looking for a memory that will last for the rest of his life and his little boys. He's looking for that once-in-a-lifetime moment when his son, smiling ear to ear and speeding down the street, yells, Look, Dad, I'm riding a two-wheeler. So, do you sell the father and his son the top-of-the-line, highest-profit-margin bike in the store? Maybe, if that's the best solution to your client's problem. But you definitely should tell the father that you've seen hundreds of dads come in to buy their child's first bike, and you know what a wonderful experience he and his son are about to have. And possibly, a less expensive model would be better for his son. It's the little guy's first bike, and he may crash it into a tree. 
You make the sale and you just became a trusted advisor to the father. The father realizes you didn't just sell him a product, you protected him. He became a client. In a couple of years, his son will need a new bike. Where do you think he'll go to buy it? Maybe the entire family will want bikes to ride together. The strategy of preeminence doesn't apply only to selling. It's just as important to anyone in any business situation. From the receptionist to CEO, this strategy should be used as a basis for dealing with everyone. Everyone becomes a problem solver, not a problem bringer, just by adding value to every task you undertake. One of the biggest mistakes people make in business is that they fall in love with their product, service, or company. Certainly, you should have passion around those things, but bottom line, you have to fall in love with your clients. This means taking responsibility for their well-being, putting their best interests ahead of your own. Most people think, what do I have to say to get people to buy? Instead, you should be saying, what do I have to give? What benefit do I have to render? The more value you give others, the more value you generate, not only for your clients, but for yourself. The more contributions you make to the richness of the lives of your clients, the more bonded you will be to them and they to you. Your focus should clearly state to the prospect and client, you matter, your well-being is important to me. See yourself as becoming an agent of change, a creator of value, a value contributor. After this break, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you some more awesome concepts about being a top-rated sales professional. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m., Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Fun for all ages. And the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 
Most people think you make a sale to gain a customer. I think in reverse, that you gain a customer to make a sale. Here's a good quote. All effective sales talk is dialogue. It is not monologue. To have dialogue with people is to get in touch with them in a meaningful way. The critical or missing link for most salespeople is their ability to actively listen. Listening is a skill that can be learned and can also be continuously improved, a fact that most of us have never been trained to listen. I attribute a huge part of my success to this one skill, being able to listen my prospect into buying. Here are nine tips that will help you become an active listener. One, search for a common interest, a point of personal pride or joy for them, or a way to express concern over a problem they might be experiencing, and use that as a launching pad. Things have a way of becoming intensely interesting to us when they become personal. Once you have found a tangible way to identify with the prospect, let the transition to sales talk flow naturally from the rapport you have set in motion. And let me just say that one of the most powerful influencing techniques you could ever learn is how to build rapport with another person. There are numerous ways, and unfortunately, I don't have time to teach this powerful aspect of the sales cycle today. Two, look for tangible ways to help people relax. A quiet manner, a mild sense of humor, and a warm smile can go a long way toward breaking down barriers between you and your prospects. Three, open your mind and ears. Be receptive to the messages the person is giving. Four, start listening from the first word and give the person your undivided attention. Five, focus on what is being said. Avoid trying to figure out what the person is going to say. You may miss what he actually says. Six, never interrupt. It cuts off flow of dialogue. Besides, it's offensive and rude. Seven, get your whole body involved in listening and show that you are paying attention. This means looking people in the eye, using facial expressions and gestures to show that you hear them and understand what's being said. Your goal is to make every effort to get in harmony and establish rapport with the prospect. Eight, make notes of important points. Look for connections. Nine, when an objection occurs, in many cases, the no just means the prospect is saying no because she doesn't know enough to say yes. When the objections occur, you have to begin with a question. You must ask questions so that you can understand the objection. Once you understand the objection, you must identify the objection. To identify the proper objection, you must empathize with the prospect. If you empathize instead of sympathize with the prospect, you are ready to test the objection. When you test the objection and prove it real, you can eliminate the prospect's concerns and dramatically improve your chance of making the sale. True fact, some prospects will not tell you the true objection and some prospects will not know the true objection. In both cases, they are often operating on a feeling level. The prospect is embarrassed to admit he doesn't have the money or doesn't understand the offer, may not admit the true objection. He feels poor or uneducated, and his pride and ego demands that he say he is not interested. A word of caution. There is great danger in dealing with objections when you cross the line from caring, aggressive, to irritating, abrasive. 
If your interest is genuine, you will find you naturally identify with your prospects. That, in turn, enables them to identify with you. Once a prospect feels that you see life pretty much as they do and that you mean them no harm, you have mixed up a solid load of concrete to build a lasting bridge. There has to be concerted follow-through. This is how you assure customer satisfaction and loyalty. It's an ongoing activity that solidifies your business base and establishes long-term, mutually beneficial relationships for you and your company. Assuring customer satisfaction requires servicing and maintaining current accounts and expanding the services you provide. The biggest secret to success in business is to always maintain the edge in everything you do. Logical sounding, yes, but infrequently understood. Even less frequently practiced. One of the biggest competitive edge advantages you'll ever gain is to always make it easier for the prospect to say yes than it is for them to say no. You do it by taking away the financial, psychological, or emotional risk factors that are always attached, stated or unstated, to virtually any decision-making proposition you ever ask a prospect to make. When you remove the risk for anyone deciding to do business with you, it results in a powerful advantage in your business and financial success. If you learn how to use risk reversal to eliminate the prospect's risk in any transaction, it will eliminate the primary obstacle to their buying. Let me give you an example. A farmer wanted to buy a pony for his daughter. There were two for sale in his town. Both ponies were equal in all aspects. The first man told the farmer he wanted $500 for his pony, take it or leave it. The second man was selling his pony for $750. But the second man told the farmer he wanted the farmer's daughter to try out the pony for a month before the farmer had to make any purchasing decision. He offered to bring the pony out to the farmer's home along with a month's worth of hay to feed it. He said he'd send out his own stableman once a week to show the little girl how to groom and care for the pony. He told the farmer the pony was kind and gentle, but to have his daughter ride the pony each day to make certain they got along together. Finally, he said that at the end of 30 days, he'd drive over to the farmer's house and either take back the pony and clean up the stall or ask then to be paid the $750. Which pony do you suppose the farmer decided to purchase for his daughter? Obviously, it was no contest. If you make people an offer they can't refuse, it will be no contest for you against your competition if you incorporate strong risk reversal into your business operation. Whenever any two parties come together to transact business of any kind, one side is always asking the other, either consciously or otherwise, to assume more or all of the risk. When you take away the risk to your prospect or client, you lower the barrier to action, thus eliminating the primary obstacle to buying. And that's what you must do. Assume the risk in every transaction. Let them know that if they are ever dissatisfied, you will give them their money back, redo the job at no charge, or whatever else it takes to demonstrate your total, passionate commitment to their satisfaction. From a practical standpoint, you probably offer some form of guarantee, but odds are you don't forcefully use that in your selling efforts. Most people always sweep it under the rug or hide it in their closet. 
I want you to push it to the heart of your selling message. Here's how you do it. You totally and completely guarantee the purchase for your prospect. What does guarantee mean? It means you totally eliminate the risk. You do it by making a completely risk-free performance guarantee to compel them to purchase from you instead of your competitor and to purchase now. Think about what your prospect wants most, results-wise, from purchasing your product or service. Then guarantee them that outcome or they can have their money back. If it's not practical to fully guarantee the entire purchase, then guarantee whatever portion of the purchase is practical. What's better than risk-free? I want you to leap ahead of your competition by offering better than risk-free guarantees. This type of guarantee enables you to do something that a basic guarantee does not. It allows you to acknowledge and reward the prospect for the value of both his time and his faith expended in favoring you with his purchasing decision. When you tell me that if I'm dissatisfied for any reason whatsoever, you will not only give me full and immediate return of my purchase price, you promise me an additional reward on top, a compensation incentive for having taken the time, effort, and faith to purchase in the first place. I'm impressed. I'm hard-pressed to say no to a proposition like that. So here are some action steps. Look at your business, products, services, or employment skills and talents. Make a complete list of every obstacle to your prospects and clients that might prevent them from purchasing, dealing with, or choosing you over your competition. Break them into the following categories. One, financial reasons, the initial cost or expense of choosing you, and the potential financial loss if the transaction doesn't work out. Two, emotional reasons, how bad the client would look or feel if his purchase or commitment to you fails to perform. And three, measurability reasons, can it be measured and evaluated to show the tangible impact you or your offering could or should have on the client's life, business, or career? Ask yourself, what is the real downside in offering the prospect that product or service on a risk-free basis? Look at your product, service, or personal performance history to see how many people have been dissatisfied, asked for a refund, canceled, or complained. If the number is low or non-existent, that means a high-risk reversal would do wonders for you. If you have incidents of problems or dissatisfaction, it means either you promise too much or your product or services are inferior and need direct and immediate quality attention. If you provide and deliver true quality and value that can be appreciated, perceived, and understood, don't be afraid to offer risk reversal. Try it out to see how much better prospects and clients respond before you incorporate it continually system-wide. I want to leave you with this final thought. Be authentic. Be real. Be the best version of yourself you can be and not a copycat version of another top salesperson or the person who mentored you. Take the practices, tactics, and strategies you have learned today and adapt them to your business in a way that is comfortable for you. You are amazing and you provide a unique value that your prospects turned clients are seeking. Be curious. Take a genuine interest in people and their desires, regardless of whether they can buy from you or advance your career. Be appreciative. What you appreciate, appreciates. 
Appreciate the time and value people share with you. Appreciate your clients and business referral partners. Express your appreciation verbally and in writing. The friendlier you are, the easier it is to do business with you. The more ideas you create for others, the more over-the-top your service is, the more you deliver beyond what you promise, the more the word will be spread about you. Thank you for tuning in to The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.